The following program is sponsored by the Jelinski Advisory Group, which is solely responsible for its content. Josh Jelinski is the president of Wealth Quarterback, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm located in New Jersey. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm or its representatives by securities regulators, nor is it an indication that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Investment advisory services may only be provided to clients in jurisdictions in which the firm and its representatives are appropriately registered or exempt from registration. You should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this broadcast serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product, or any non-investment related content made reference to directly or indirectly in this broadcast will be profitable. Equal any corresponding indicated historical performance level or levels be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation or proof successful. Fast performance is not indicative of future results. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., APFS, member FINRA, SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback, LLC, which is not affiliated with APFS. Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Now, let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, coming to you live. And we have a special guest this week, Anthony Scaramucci, founder of Skybridge Capital, the SALT Conference, and former White House Communications Director. Good morning, Anthony. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me back on the show. Good morning. Wonderful. Wonderful to have you. We had a lot of questions last week on the Opportunity Zone credit. And I thought to have you on to discuss the Opportunity Zone credit and the developments within it. I know you're working at it uh, with your firm. So for, for those who, who are unfamiliar with the Opportunity Zone credit, can you explain it to our listeners? Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll try to explain it in the least complicated way possible. So what the United States government decided was that there's a lot of people that are holding stocks or assets uh, and frankly, are holding them in perpetuity because they don't want to pay any taxes on them, which obviously makes sense. And so what they've, what they've done is they're incentivizing people to sell stock or sell a uh, low basis asset that has a high value uh, and create some diversity for themselves uh, by moving it into one of the 8,700 opportunity zones around the United States. And so these zones were tabulated in the 2010 census. And the definition of the zone was that in the population, 20% of the population, at least 20% of the population had to be below the poverty line. And so there are 8,700 zones in the U.S. that are designated that way. You could sell a low basis, high-valued stock or, or wine collection, property, whatever. Um, if you roll it into an opportunity zone, you've got two great features. Feature number one is you don't have to pay the capital gains on that sale. Uh, you don't have to pay it for seven years. And when you eventually pay it, you have a 15% discount on the capital gains rate. So instead of paying 20%, Josh, you pay 17. The second feature is any money that's made in the opportunity zone over a 10-year time period. So you have to hold it in the opportunity zone for 10 years. Uh, but any money made in that zone, you get to keep tax-free. So no capital gains, no nothing. And uh, you know, New York State, other states are abiding by that tax legislation. So there are many opportunity zones throughout New York State and New Jersey, for that matter. Uh, uh, most of the tri-state area is abiding by the federal legislation. And so this is a way for people to create some diversity. Um, I have clients of mine that have sold businesses recently. And rather than paying huge capital gains, they're they're rolling a piece of the money they got from the sale 
into our fund, which is a basically a private REIT, um, and it's going to be a very diversified structure. And so um, the good news is um, uh, we're up and running on this thing. We've raised money, and you know our targeted goal is $3 billion. I'm hoping to have a half a billion dollars in it by the end of the year. Now, uh, you mentioned that when I heard you speak at the Wharton Alumni Group, and uh, that, that it's not catching on like you would have wished it. Uh, and there was, some of it had to do with the regulations and the Treasury didn't put out enough guidance. Has that changed at all? Uh, no, it's it's going a lot slower than anybody would have predicted. Uh, the the uh, regulation has been delayed by Treasury. They're really trying to figure out how to uh, handle the tax code. Unfortunately, uh, the, the 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 tax law was written expeditiously, and then you know a lot of the regulation was left up to Treasury. So they have three waves of regulation. They've done two of the three waves, and so there's another piece of uh, regulation that we're waiting for that will hopefully come by the end of June. Um, but uh, you know, there's a little bit more clarity. Uh, but what I said at the Wharton alumni event, until there's complete clarity. I don't think we'll be able to fully size the demand because what happens is I go to explain it to somebody, they go to their accountant and their lawyer, their accountant lawyer looks at it and says, yeah, this is a phenomenal idea, but let's wait until this uh, third wave of legislation. But, uh, you know, some people are trigger pullers more quickly than that, Josh, and so we have raised money, uh, but I don't predict we'll see the true demand for this product. And again, not just for my fund. I'm talking about everybody that has a fund out there. I don't, I don't think we'll see the full demand until that last wave of regulation has been set forth by the Treasury. No, that's a good point. And and what in particular are you looking for from the from the Treasury? What would you like to see? Well, well, well we need more clarity. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, one of the things that they, they said last time is, is this, you know, so you have to hold things in the zone for 10 years. But let's say I set up an opportunity zone fund and I bought a property and I traded uh, from that property into another property inside the 10-year time frame. If I'm in an opportunity zone fund, uh, will that still be okay? Will that still meet the measurement for the IRS? And so we didn't know the answer to that until the first week in April. Now we know the answer to that, and the answer is yes, you will be able to do that provided you're going from zone to zone. Um, second example, we don't know the answer to yet. Let's say you and I, uh, the west side of uh, New York, uh, from 42nd to 52nd on 10th, 10th Avenue, that is an opportunity zone. Let's say you and I want to build a building there and put an internet incubation uh, uh, group in there. So we have 50 businesses that we're going to start, and we're going to build a building to put those 50 businesses in. But what we know right now is the building itself will qualify. But let's say you and I create the next Facebook in that building through this Inconet incubator. Will that business uh, that we're building inside the building, will that qualify? And so the answer to that is we don't know the answer yet. We know that the real estate is okay. We're just not sure about that business inside the real estate. No, that would be exciting. Now, uh, how does the average person take advantage of this? I mean, is this something that uh, is specifically for those who have means or, or can a regular person take advantage well, of the opportunity? Well, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, the average person, I'm not a hundred percent sure of, I mean, our fund has a $100,000 minimum. So obviously the average person uh, would likely not meet that. But what I tried to do is I tried to make the minimums as low as possible. Uh, you may remember, remember that from our last conversation, I like democratizing yeah. Uh, the industry. And so in my hedge fund business, we have a $25,000 minimum. In our in our private REIT business for the Opportunity Zone, we have 100000 I think that's the lowest number out there that we have right now. Um, again, you know, if the regulation allows us to go lower, I will go to as low as $1,000. But, but I, I don't think we're allowed to do that yet because these things have to be for qualified uh, investors, Josh. Sure. And, and a lot of our, our listeners uh, would probably meet that definition as well. So you wrote in your book, Trump, the blue collar president. Uh, you, you wrote that last year. How's, how's that book going? I, I like the title. 
Well, you know, I like to joke around with people. I tell them that it's, I, I wrote an international bestseller. And if you don't believe me, you can come into my basement. I'll show you every copy that I had to, I had to buy to make it that way. You know, <laughs> But in, in all, in all seriousness, I think we sold about 55,000 books, which, uh, the publisher thought was a success. Uh, they they printed it. They reprinted it in a paperback version, which apparently is selling pretty well at the airports, things like that. And, uh, you know, for people that like uh, the president, um, it's a great book. But I also if, if people don't like the president, um, I spent about 300 pages in there explaining how he won. And so, you know, what I said to Bill Maher a few months back if you want to understand how he won and what you're going to need to do, if you want to go and compete against him, it's, it's right there in the book. So there's something in that book for everybody. Um, but obviously it was a lot of fun to write that book. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and frankly, I, you know, it did, it did reasonably well. I'm not Michelle Obama where I can sell 10 million books, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun to write. Yeah. Not yet. Right. So not yet. <laughs> not yet no, so the- but you never know. So along that lines, the blue collar president, I I like that. What will be done, you think, in the next two years? I mean, are we going to have gridlock for the next year and a half or will he be able to get an infrastructure deal done? Well, I think the infrastructure deal would be the most likely thing to get done because he has bipartisan support for a deal like that. And I think people going into the midterms would like to say that they got something done. So um, I think there's an incentive to do that. But but, it, you know, barring an infrastructure deal, I don't really see how he can get a major piece of legislation done. I mean, unfortunately, the way the thing is set up right now, Josh, they're just going after each other. I I find it very tragic for the American people because, you know, we talk about the Chinese all the time. These guys have 25, 50, 100-year plans. The United States has no plan. Uh, we have a two-minute cable news cycle plan where we beat each other to a pulp. Uh, on a weekly basis. And so nothing gets done. Um, and you know, listen, we have a vibrant economy. Uh, we've got great, uh, what I would call micro economics in the country. Uh, but the Chinese have done a very good job of marrying their governmental system to private enterprise, which has allowed them to accelerate their growth. And so I, I would love to see the United States have a a long-term industrial policy, a long-term infrastructure policy, a long-term education policy. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, the bananas that we have in Washington right now, they just want to kill each other and have like a kabuki theater where they investigate each other. Then they investigate the investigators and then they, they you know, they attack each other's competency or whether each other has dementia I don't know. I'm not in love with it. I think most most Americans have got to be very frustrated by that. Sure, uh, definitely. So Anthony Scaramucci will we'll be back on talking about his 25-year plan after the break. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Don't touch that dial. And my personal favorite book of yours, Hopping Over the Rabbit Hole. I love that, I love that book. That was a great little read. And oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I tried to write a uh, an honest book about what happens to entrepreneurs. I know last time I was on the show, you and I talked about it. And, you know, what the irony is, is uh, uh, my difficulty in Washington and my eventual firing from the White House. Uh, if you go through that book, Josh, um, I had to go through a lot of the steps in that book, you know, dealing with the uh, failure of that and uh, readjusting myself, getting up uh, and again, teaching my kids about resilience, my staff about resilience and also using my sense of humor to pull out of that thing. Yeah, I, I love some of your jokes about your uh, tenure in the White House. That Well, I mean, my favorite one is when Steve Colbert asked me how long I thought I was going to Last, I looked at him and said, I thought I was going to last longer than a carton of milk in your refrigerator. I didn't realize I was going to get blown out that quickly. But, <laughs> you know, look, it happens, you know. Yeah. And, and, and you're back with a vengeance. This Opportunity Zone thing is huge. Also, the SALT Conference. How did that go this year? Uh, I thought it was very well. I'd love to have you out there at some point. Um, we, we, I, I brought General Kelly, who actually fired me from the White House, to be my keynote speaker. And I interviewed him on stage for about 45 minutes. I thought that went incredibly well. Uh, Ambassador Haley was there, but I also took out uh, Ambassador Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett. And so, as you may remember, I like making that conference very bipartisan. And I like making that conference an ideas conference. And I always start the conference by saying, hey, enough of, of left and right policy. Let's talk about what's right or wrong for the country. And so, 
Um, I think it's one of the reasons why we're able to attract uh, the 2,000 people that we get every year. Um, and of course, I had uh, now yours and John Molden's uh, probably the two best conferences of the year. Yeah, John, John yeah, John's got an amazing uh, conference. He's an amazing writer as well, and he's got a really good, always a good read on what's going on in both the global markets and the domestic markets. No, and I loved it. Uh, it was at a great venue. Good, good, good speakers. And how did it go with General Kelly there? Well, I mean, your your listeners and yourself, if you have an interest, you can go to the website. Uh, All of those uh, interviews are been recorded and are now available for streaming. And I thought the uh, the interview that John and I had together was uh, talked a little bit about the turmoil in the White House during that period of time. Talked about the fact that hey, he fired me, no grudge. He's a great American, forty years as a U.S. Marine. Unfortunately, John lost his son in Iraq, so he's also a Gold Star family member. And we're here on Memorial Day weekend, thinking about and praying for his son. Um, and so my attitude was, it, it was a good message to people that him and I got into a little bit of a scrum as a result of you know mistake that I made. Um, and I like telling people, be accountable for your mistakes. You know, I, I did something fireable in that moment, got myself fired, but let's not lose our relationships over that. Let's, uh, you know, I think, I think grudge holding is, uh, is not the best strategy in life. It's not good for your business. It's not good for your heart health or your mental health. And so I thought it was great to have him out there. And it seemed like he had a very good time. There were a couple laughable moments. He was, uh, he looked at me on stage in front of 2000 people said, let me let me tell you what a chief of staff does. And I looked at him. I said, John, can, can you tell us what a communications director does as well? Because obviously I didn't get a chance to do that. And, you know, everyone laughed. So, you know, you, you, you know Josh, you know, we know each other a long time now. You know, you got to be able to laugh at yourself more than anything, you know. And so Definitely. I, I thought it made it for a fun event. And it's a great model of humility. Humility is a lost uh, character trait by many in leadership. So well, what do you think about 2020? Uh, can you give us an idea of what you expect? Do you think, do you think Biden will be able to, uh, mount a proper offense against the president? Um, I do. I, 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 I listen, I'm, I want to be objective for your listeners. I'm obviously a partisan, you know, I want the president to win and I'll be out there doing my best to help him, but I want to be very objective. I'm running $12 billion of capital and we have to assess this stuff objectively. Uh, if you look at the polling now and you look at the, uh, the likability factor and the popularity of Vice President Biden, um, he does have a good chance. I think one of the problems the president's having is many people, and I travel all over the country to give speeches or to market for SkyBridge, and I think the general consensus for many people is what the president's doing in terms of policies related to the economy and policies related to improving wage growth, things like that have been very positive. How he's doing it uh, and the uses of Twitter and some of the nastiness and the bellicosity of the rhetoric and the fighting with the media, I think it's a turnoff for a lot of people that he needs to win re-election. You know, he's got that 36, 37 percent base. They'll be with him through thick and thin. But he really does need an additional 15 percent to carry him over. And so um, if he doesn't start adapting or those people start saying, hey, it doesn't matter to me, he can say and do whatever he wants. Uh, He's put himself in a tough spot, particularly in places like Michigan and uh, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. And so if there are Trump supporters listening on the phone, don't be mad at me. I'm just being evaluative. Um, I I think he has uh, a winning hand. The economy's done amazing. And if he could settle down a little bit, every time he settles down, Josh, his poll numbers go up. And so you know, I mean, calling himself a very stable genius and then sending out that tweet about the uh, Nancy Pelosi press conference where it's obviously altered and put in slow motion. I mean, it's not helping him. I don't I don't I don't think uh, the independents and the moderates that look at something like that are are in love with that strategy. Yeah, we'll 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 see. I, I think. In one ways, he's doing what President Obama did. He played to his base, and that's how he was able to get two terms. I think I think he could do that. Well, Why is he labeling? If the president were on the phone right now, he would totally disagree with me, and he would say, I'm going to focus on my base. I'll let everything wor- worry about and take care of itself. And so 
again, he's president and I'm not. So don't go by, don't go by what I'm saying. You know what I mean? He's got better instincts than me, obviously, as it relates to politics. No, he, he, uh, he does have, uh, keen in- instincts politically that people, you know, the use of Twitter, which people have said, Hey, stop using Twitter. Well, that's how he's been able to go above the media, around the media, mm-hmm. but probably using Twitter every day to talk about how good the economy's been doing under his watch would be a better thing than attacking people. Yeah, we agree. More strategic use of Twitter. No question. I don't want him off Twitter. I just want him to use it a little bit more strategically because uh, what a story he has to tell. If you you blot out, I mean, a lot of the the media is negative on him and there's a whole cabal against him. But if you just look at the data, it's hard to refute that the policies that he's put in place have not had a big impact on the economy. So so uh, policies do matter. I'd like to see him get reelected. Um, and but, you know, if he tones it down a little bit, I think it improves his odds to get reelected. But, you know, maybe he's got better instincts and going going this hard at people. Maybe that'll prove to be the winning strategy as well. You you and I both know that what James Carville said uh, almost a generation ago now, or maybe slightly longer than a generation ago, it's the economy, stupid. We both know that. And so the economy's doing quite well. I certainly wouldn't bet against the president winning re-election. Now, uh, talk about China. What, what, what do you think about the China trade deal? I personally think one area that I would give the president advice, I mean, who am I? But, you know, I think he has to bring up the human rights abuses of the Chinese regime. I mean, I read a report this week that they've interned something like a hundred thousand Christians uh, who don't go to the state church, and then they're uh, they're all these internment camp where they're housing Muslims and all these other uh, differing groups uh, that the government doesn't like. I think he's got to talk more about the human rights abuses uh, to help gain favor with the American people as he's trying to cut a deal with China. Uh, what say you? Well, I, I do, I do agree with that. I mean, unfortunately, the, uh, it, and this is a, you know, terrible thing. I mean, there, there's an estimate of about two million people in certain provinces of China that have been detained or in, in or in a form of a concentration camp. And so, uh, I think one of the problems is the, the president was always critical of past presidential leadership trying to get involved inside the internal politics of a, of, of, of a country. But I do think that uh, public opinion would serve him better uh, if people explained more uh, what is, you know, what, what is going on there. And so I, I don't like those human rights violations um, at all. And, and I do think that exposing that would probably help his hand, you know, but I mean, here's, here's one thing I would also say, um, he's got to get that deal done. Um, if he gets it, if he gets it done, it'll be uh, it'll be very very good for the economy, and it'll be a very good setup for the reelection. Um, you might want to focus on that after the deal is done. I mean, I I I find culturally the Chinese obviously very different from us. Uh, there's no there's no election in 2020 that any of those those leaders are standing for, and they can wait out the situation. You know, they their their uh, president Xi is campaigning inside of China, saying that this is the people's trade war. That's, that's not, that's not great news. I mean, 50 years ago, they starved 60 million of their people, Josh. So it's a very, very different culture. They take a very, very different approach to the individual there. Uh, they think more as a collective than they do about the individual. Um, and so they can wait this thing out way longer than us. And so I really hope it gets resolved quickly. Do you think it will get resolved by the end of the year? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll get resolved by the end of the year because both markets and both economies need it. Okay. And and final thoughts, uh, the 25-year plan. You you wrote a great article on your 25-year plan. Uh, just talk about it for 60 seconds, and I know you have to run. Well, I, I, I just think uh, the three big elements, education, we need to use people like Sal Kahan from Kahan Economy and, and rebuild the public education system in the United States. And so I elicited a 25-year plan related to that. As it relates to industrial policy, um, the United States needs to be in greater harmony with its corporations, large and small. And so we could we could create a more effective uh uh, XM banking system. Uh, just as an example, we we have thirty billion dollars of credits in our XM banking system. The Chinese have three hundred and sixty billion dollars, so uh, we have to get more robust there. 
last piece is uh, as it relates to entitlements and deficit spending, the good news for the U.S. is we have a ton of energy that we've discovered. And so if you have a $22 trillion deficit, but you've got about 45 to $50 trillion of energy under land that's owned by the U.S. government, uh, and obviously we're burning that uh, energy a lot cleaner today than ever before, we can figure out a 10 to 25 year plan to extract that energy and use it specifically to pay down our debt and service the uh, the entitlement issue that we have. So, so the very good news for the United States, right political leadership, and hopefully that will someday happen, the fever will break in Washington, but the right political leadership, uh, we can solve many of these problems that we're, we're facing as a nation. Anthony Scaramucci, thank you as always for joining us. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Don't touch that dial. Tax-deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front. But did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback now, for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary, no-fee, tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book, Tax-Free Retirement, as a free gift. If you call within the next three minutes, call 888 Josh. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now let's get back in the huddle with a financial quarterback. Whatever question you have, no question is a dumb one except the one that you do not ask. So call us now. I'm going to talk more about the human rights abuses. You know, I, as someone in finance, I see that China is such a global behemoth. I would argue that the way uh, the president gets this deal done through the will of the American people in a way that you will will unite left and right is by talking about the human rights abuses, the one child policy, the policy that is against women's rights on both sides of the aisle, forcing women to gain an abortion against their will. Uh, you know, horrible, horrible procedures. Not only that, uh, they have internment camps, mass internment camps. They are burning and destroying churches. They are, they have the largest concentration camp system, uh, you know, that, that would, uh, you know, kind of rival what Hitler did. I mean, this, this is not a happy regime who they just have, happen to have a certain way of thinking and, you know, they're nice and, and I'm not talking about the Chinese. I'm talking about the Communist Party, the the People's Party. The party rules everything. And President Xi needs to be broken. And we need to look for ways to infect their markets, to infect them. I mean, why do you think their party? Uh, this is an interesting article I just read this morning. Uh, where they are banning video games, certain types of video games. Then you might say, well, that's good. I wish, I wish we, we banned video games, but we have companies that could really help cripple, uh, the Chinese government. And we have things that we have allowed. Uh, for example, the MSCI. This is a huge story. Uh, the MSCI. Uh, is allowing as much as a trillion dollars to flow into Chinese stocks. The first step happens, and this from Steve Sugarud's uh, article, the first step happened in 2017. So think of it this way. You have index funds. The S&P 500 has 500 of the largest capitalization stocks in the market in the U.S. economy. But then you have these emerging markets ETFs or indexes. And many of those indexes that are in your 401k or in your brokerage account, 
they don't have exposure to what are called China A shares. So that's mainland China. So the first step happened in 2017. They allowed locally traded Chinese stocks, known as A shares, in the emerging markets index. Then in the summer of 2018, the first trickle of this huge flow of money started going in to what are called A shares. So that is mainland Chinese stocks. Before, because the Chinese government was communistic, the indexes said, we will not allow this. I think if the president's listening, he needs to put, you know, he could potentially put pressure, but it's pretty much already done. There are, there are millions being made on this concept. Uh, it, it is a massive micro trend that will grow bigger and bigger. And and he talks about in this article, interestingly, it wasn't an announcement from SCI. It didn't come from Chinese regulators. This came from Wall Street. The folks on Wall Street have been behind this story. Now, now they're catching up. And we could see over a trillion dollars flowing into Chinese stocks. And he says as much as two trillion into the next decade due to China A shares being included in the index. So I wonder if the president said, you know, we're going to halt this if you don't stop. So how strong will he get? I think this is a major issue where some days the economist in me, the, the person who wants our economy to boom, I think, well, you know, why is he doing this? Why is he fighting China? I mean, it's, it's going to hurt our economy. Uh, you already see farmers suffering, which why he passed a uh, farmer's bill. Uh, which is not really politically conservative, but hey, let's uh, give the farmers money. Nobody wants uh, to lose election in Iowa or Michigan or Wisconsin. So, but if we win this, this could be huge. And how do we win this? I think by focusing on the moral problems of the Chinese. Because people, you know, if, you know, I know, and, and I'm sure our guest, Anthony Scaramucci, knew knows the, the power of the markets. You want access to that market. You want access to sell your products in China. But do you really want them to continue their out-and-out human rights abuses? And I would say no. So call us. Now we have time to talk to you about any question you have. Elon Musk's SpaceX raises over a billion this year as the Internet satellite production ramps up. The Dow headed for its fifth straight negative week, the longest losing streak since 2011. I think it could be a buying opportunity. And there's a lot going on. Uh, so give us a call. There's an attempt to ban uh, salt weakened. Northeastern states are arguing that the salt cap will cause devastation. But recent tax filings show revenue increases in New York and New Jersey. It was always a long shot, but a quixotic lawsuit by four northeastern states to squelch the Trump tax law cap on the SALT deduction, the state and local tax deduction, is being undermined by a repetitive drip of strong economic data. New York, Connecticut, Maryland, New Jersey will get their first hearing in June on a last gasp attempt to kill one of the most controversial provisions of 2017. To do so, their attorneys are relying, their attorney generals are relying on early 1900s news clippings and Civil War era congressional debate over whether to even have an income tax. Hmm. That would be great. No income tax. So give us a call. If you have questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever question you have, no question is a dumb one except the one that you do not ask. So call us now. Uh, what do you think of the Dow losing streak? I think it's all noise over China. Sometimes you got to tune out the noise, folks, on your portfolio and build a portfolio built to last. And, and that's my invitation for those of you who want to meet 
We have just one spot left this week in Hackensack, one spot left in Short Hills, two spots left in Long Island, three spots left in New York City, one spot left in Connecticut, one spot left in Tom's River, New Jersey this week, and one spot left in Short Hills, New Jersey for our protection, savings, and growth review. We go over your macro money plan. So when was the last time, folks, your accountant, your attorney, and your financial advisor met in the same room to talk about what you want to talk about. We'll host that meeting. And more, we have a strat, a strategic software that can align your insurance strategy with your investing strategy. And you can stress test your portfolio before we go through a real recession. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH. We will assess a risk number. Make sure you're comfortable with the risk that you are taking. We'll also go over tax planning strategies like Roths, insurance policies, also the rich man or woman's Roth. Give us a call now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674 for the no obligation protection, savings and growth review. Give us a call now, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages. Tax deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front, but did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, now for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but they'll educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary no-fee tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book Tax-Free Retirement as a free gift if you call within the next three minutes. Call 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now let's get back in the huddle with the financial quarterback. Antonio, you're on with Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. Good morning, Josh. How you doing? Um, listen, uh, you guys talk about human rights on uh, China, but what do you? What about the uh, Saudi Arabia? You can't just concentrate one side and give pass to the other side. So you have to be, you know, evenly, equally, you know, take care of this this problem. Well, we were really talking about the China trade deal, and we can't necessarily be the policeman of the world. And I certainly agree with you that the Saudis and other countries in the Middle East have issues. But uh, we were really talking about the China trade deal. So I was talking more with reference to the China deal. But uh, sure, I mean, Saudi Arabia has abuses. Yeah, I, I think it's good to bring them up. Definitely. Any other comments on that? No, no, thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Next up, we have Daisy. Go ahead, Daisy. Hi. I have a 20-year-old daughter who is turning 21 very shortly. She has a custodial account that has various stocks. And I was wondering, since she, she actually has the mental health issues and we're concerned. So really, my question is, is there anything we can do? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one of the things you can do, and, and our clients who have special needs, we have a special special needs uh, conversation where we will work with an attorney that specializes in special needs, and we will look at various programs and strategies designed to help you care for your loved ones should you be gone, and also to deal with a range of issues such as custodial accounts, special needs trusts, uh, how to properly fund insurance policies for those with special needs so that you don't, uh, they don't lose the benefits they have. An UGMA or an UTMA or a custodial account though breeds special problems for the potential of lost benefits because that will become their property. 
So you may have to get a court order to appoint yourself as the trustee of that money and to fund it into a trust. You may have to get a judge to decree something. Uh, so there's a lot of issues. Uh, so you'll, you will need a financial quarterback on your team as well as an attorney that specializes in special needs. Does that make sense? I'm thinking that we probably waited too long to do that because she is turning 21 on June 12th. No, you can do that now. No. Really? I mean, I mean, the problem is it may hurt you for a year uh, as far as benefits, but essentially the money becomes hers. The problem with Ugmas and Utmas is it becomes the property of the child, depending on what state you live, when they reach the age of majority uh, as defined, you know, it could be 21, some places it's 18, some places it's older than that. So sometimes it's better to put the money into a trust than into an UGMA or an UTMA, which is a custodial account. Mm -hmm. So if that money would trigger, uh, you know, an income tax. So let's say it becomes the property of the child. Then, it, then you could then have the child gift that into a trust. Now, any interest would be taxable on the child's uh, tax return for this year which may preclude you from getting benefits this year or next year. But then uh, in future years, you could essentially, you know, put that into a trust so it doesn't count against her. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to, you know, even though you're very late in the game and you probably shouldn't have done a custodial account to begin with, there are, there are ways to solve it, you know. Actually, it was my father-in-law who had made the account sure. many years ago when she was born and so she does have a variety of stocks that my son actually has been, you know, following. And I was thinking maybe at this state of the game, we should just put the money into a an index fund and just hope for the best. Well, an index fund is a product. You need a process. So, I mean, if she has a special needs issue... That would trump everything because if, if, if she's on government assistance or will be. No, she's not. Yeah, yeah, but if she has no, a special I mean, needs down the road, she may, future, but- she may qualify for special assistance. For example, uh, there are many listeners, uh, that, that I've helped who have children with special needs, any, anywhere ranging from, uh, addiction, alcoholism, drug abuse to, uh, mild autism where they can hold a job, but, uh, they, they need some help, uh, and they need some government benefits. So there, there are, uh, or, or more severe, uh, issues that they have to deal with. And, and we could certainly help you help them, but, but saying, oh, I'm going to put in an index on that's not your solution. Do you understand? Yeah. That does nothing to solve the problem. I mean, this is where we, we want an era of sound bites. Yes, index funds are cheap, but, but what is the, what is the point? What does an index fund have to do with helping your daughter, you know, may or may not get received government assistance? And you may say she doesn't need it now, but she may need it at 28 or 32 if she can't hold a right. normal job right. or if the only job she can hold is very, very moderate income or modest income. Uh, she may be able to get government assistance. That's why you want to do the planning now, because maybe the UGMA or the UTMA isn't that of high value where it's really going to hurt her. I mean, if she's not on government assistance now, now will be the time to do it. The money gets in her name, and then you you put it in some type of uh, special needs trust now. You don't wait till uh, she's 28 or 32 and you're trying to apply for something. Does that make sense? Yes. Wonderful. Thank so, you kindly. Call us uh, 888-988-JOSH for a special what to do with special needs uh, children. In many cases, we help uh, parents who have uh, children, adult children, as well as children with special needs properly uh, navigate through some of these strategies. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH, if that's you, or if you want the no obligation protection, savings, and growth review. We'll give you a 27-point checklist covering your moat around your financial castle. In days of old, it didn't just matter how big your castle was. It mattered how big your moat was. You needed to properly stock your moat with alligators. It's the same thing with your money. You know, the index fund may be comprising of your, that may be in your castle, maybe a good thing. 
but you also need a moat. You need a protection plan. You need a savings plan and you need a growth plan. So call us for the 27 point checklist, the protection savings and growth review. And we'll give you that uh, protection savings and growth review model. You can see your very own money on an easy to understand one page model. So before you build a house, you want to model out what you're doing architecturally. You want to have a, a design before you change things. So too with your money. Call us, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. We'll, we're going to be in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Long Island, and our corporate headquarters, Tom's River, New Jersey, this week. Call us, 888-988-JOSH. We'll be back after these messages. Tax-deferred vehicles such as 401ks and IRAs sound good up front. But did you realize that when you retire, you'll have to pay taxes on all your earnings? You can legally minimize your taxes when you withdraw retirement funds with tax-free IRAs and other tax-favored accounts. Call the Jelinski Advisory Group now at 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH to learn how you could enjoy a higher standard of living with these tax-favored accounts. Make sure you don't get blindsided by taxes on your retirement plans. Call Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback now for a complimentary one-hour consultation to empower your financial decisions. Leave your checkbook at home. They will not sell anything at this meeting, but educate you on your many options in retirement. In fact, if you call right now for one of the complimentary no-fee tax-fighting reviews, they will give you a copy of the book, Tax-Free Retirement, as a free gift. If you call within the next three minutes, call 888 Josh. That's 888-988-JOSH. Now let's get back in the huddle with a financial quarterback. There is a rare window of political opportunity where you can take advantage of the Trump tax rates. If you believe like I do that it may be tough for the president to win re-election, that essentially means you have two years of the Trump tax code. Now, if he wins re-election, you have a uh, 19, 20, 20, you have like seven years, even though he has six more years left. Long story, but the way the, the tax code works, it sunsets in 2025. So it's a temporary tax code. So it, what's powerful about this tax code is yes, uh, the negatives in our area, you remove the salt deduction and many of you have paid higher taxes than you really wanted to. Uh, partially because you've not adjusted your withholdings properly. Some of that is a mistake by your accountants and financial professionals. But uh, two, the marginal rates are much lower. So you could have a great opportunity to take your money from forever taxed assets like IRAs and put them into after-tax money, meaning you pay the tax now, and then it grows tax-free powerfully, like a Roth. And people often don't realize you can do a Roth even if you make more money than the Roth contribution allowance. So, for example, there's a contributory Roth and there's something called a Roth conversion. And then there's an unlimited amount that you put in essentially into a tax-favored life insurance. So call us now, 888-988-JOSH, for the rare political window of opportunity discussion. 888-988-JOSH will give you the book. On the subject, when you schedule and keep your no obligation review, the House passes a secure retirement bill with massive bipartisan support. Folks, this measure is allowing small employers to band together to offer plans and raise the RMD age. Another provision eases the use of annuities in 401ks. And we're going to talk to you about this next, but, but just a focal point. Uh, the House passed this 417 to three. This, my friends, is dangerous. Why? You might say, well, I want the retirement, uh, I want the retirement age raised to 75. Doesn't that make sense, Josh? Yes, it does. But what you will see is something called the death of the stretch. And it's probably going to happen because the government's broken. They're losing a lot of money 
to what are Mitt Romney-sized IRAs. There was a uh, report that Mitt Romney had a 60-plus million-dollar IRA. Imagine that. And the benefit of the IRAs that grows tax-free till you're 70. The negative is you got to take RMDs out at 70. So people are going to love this bill because it raises the RMD to 75. But guess what it also does? It forces your heirs to liquidate the IRAs over seven year, over 10 years. That means they'll have to face massive taxes if you have a significant amount in your IRAs. If you want help, what do I do? Call us. We'll talk more about this secure retirement bill and what it means for, for you. Uh, but first, the beauty of the stretch IRA, one of the greatest benefits in the tax code right now is if you have a two million IRA and you die and you leave that to your kids, they only have to take a little bit out each year, you know, like 4%, let's say 80 grand. They pay tax on the 80 under this new law on the two million dollar IRA. Instead of taking out 80 grand, which is doable on a tax bill, they would have to take out 200 a year. So they would look 200 grand a year richer to the government. So it would cause them to go into another bracket and cause huge implications tax-wise. So folks, call us, 888-988-JOSH. If you have a significant amount in an IRA and you want to learn how to protect yourself, you know, when Republicans and Democrats agree on something, people always want bipartisanship. I'm always a little skeptical of a bill that passes 470 to 3. What do they know that we don't? And they're talking about the stretch. And effectively, this bill would kill the stretch IRA, folks. So if you want to talk to your senator, call your senator and say, ban this bill. 888-988-JOSH. 888-988-JOSH. Call us now. 888-988-JOSH. If you want the no-obligation review, we'll be in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Long Island, 888-988-JOSH. We're back after this. The preceding program was sponsored by the Jelensky Advisory Group. Any awards, rankings, or recognition by unaffiliated third parties or publications, including Five Star Wealth Manager, Advisory of the Year finalist by Senior Market Advisor, and Top of the Million Dollar Roundtable, are in no way indicative of the advisor's future performance or any individual client's investment success. No award, ranking, or recognition should be construed as a current or past endorsement of Josh Jelensky or Wealth Quarterback LLC. Information regarding specific awards, rankings, or recognitions is available on the Wealth Quarterback website at www.jelensky.com. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Investment strategies such as asset allocation, diversification, or rebalancing do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. There are no guarantees that a portfolio employing these or any other strategy will outperform a portfolio that does not engage in such strategies. This broadcast should not be construed by any client or prospective client as a solicitation to affect or attempt to affect transactions and securities or the rendering of personalized investment advice. Due to various factors, including changing market conditions, the information discussed in this broadcast may no longer be reflective of current positions or recommendations. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Josh Jelinski and Wealth Quarterback do not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. The tax and estate planning information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as legal or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Securities offered through American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc., APFS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Wealth Quarterback, LLC, which is not affiliated with APFS.